from Tokyo, Japan, and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. Samantha, let me tell you, producing a podcast is not easy. Yes, Skip. I'm aware of that. But there are more difficult jobs out there. Hmm, such as? Well, take being a CEO, for example. You're responsible for setting the vision of your company and empowering those under you to carry out that vision. Okay, sure, but CEOs are typically rewarded quite handsomely. I think on average, a CEO's salary is something like 300 times more than their employees. True. But as CEO, your head is on the chopping block if anything goes wrong. Just look at what happened over at Disney last week. Oh yes, I heard about that. Bob Chappick, who in 2020 replaced probably one of the most successful CEOs in Disney's history, Bob Iger, was sacked for the poor performance of Disney's stocks so far this year. Poor guy. He guided Disney through COVID only to be fired. See? Much tougher than being a podcaster. Hmm, I see your point. But what if you were a CEO and a podcaster? Does such a thing exist? Oh, most definitely. In fact, today on Down to Business English, we have a very special treat in store for our listeners. And what would that be? Are you familiar with the All Ears English podcast? The podcast that consistently ranks in the top 10 of Apple Podcasts in the language learning category? Our competition? <laughs> yes, our competition, that one. You were a guest on their podcast a couple of years ago, weren't you? Yeah, I was. And as it turns out, All Ears English has launched their very own business English podcast. And recently, I had the chance to sit down with Lindsay McMahon, the CEO and founder of the All Ears English podcast, to talk to her about her journey from ESL classroom teacher to an online entrepreneur. A CEO and a podcaster. Nice. And this is what we will be listening to today? It is. And afterwards, you and I will break down some of the words and expressions that came up in my conversation with Lindsay. Perfect. So, let's do it. Let's get D2B, down to business, with Lindsay McMahon, the founder and CEO of All Ears English. Over the past decade, with the proliferation of the internet and the widespread availability of easier and easier to use Web 2.0 tools, the barriers to entry for starting an online business have been coming down exponentially. In today's global economy, for relatively little overhead, anyone with a business idea can create an online presence open an electronic storefront, and go into business. But that journey from having an idea to creating a product to marketing it to the world and then becoming successful with it, well, it's a long road full of potholes, detours, and the occasional dead end. 
My guest today is someone who has made that journey, taken her business idea, developed it into a marketable product, introduced it globally, and by any measure has achieved success. Joining me today on Down to Business English is Lindsay McMahon, the founder and CEO of the All Ears English podcast. Lindsay, welcome to Down to Business English. It's great to have you here. Well, thank you, Skip. I'm really excited to be here. Fantastic. So today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about your journey from teacher to entrepreneur on the internet, being the CEO of a very successful English language podcast. But I want to go right back to the beginning and just walk through your entire career process. So could you tell me what is your background? Where did you go to university or school? Okay, so I went to university in the state of Virginia, about an hour south of Washington, D.C., at a school called University of Mary Washington. It's a good school. It's a regional school. And I decided I wanted to leave my hometown. Where is your hometown? I'm from the Northeast. I'm from New Hampshire. So I said, no, I want to try something new. It's your first chance to go somewhere new, break out of your bubble. And so I took advantage of that. Wow. And what did you study in Virginia? I actually studied psychology. Psychology. <laughs> yes. And I've always found people endlessly fascinating. And, you know, we, we, we realize as we study psych and more so as we go through our careers, psychology plays into everything in Absolutely. business, in life. We just have to know people and understand people. When I went to university, I uh, studied education, uh, many, took many education classes, and psychology was a required course. It was very important. Mm -hmm. It was very important to understand or have an understanding of psychology in, uh, in, from the point of view of a teacher in a classroom. Yep. So, yep. so you finished at the university, and where, mm -hmm. where, what did you do next? How did you get into ESL or teaching yeah. English as a second language? Well, once again, I broke out of the next bubble, which was the country, and I said, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> so you understand that feeling, I'm sure, Skip, because I think you're based in Japan. Yes, I, right? am, in, I am in Tokyo. Now, my understanding, so when did you come to Japan? That was back in 2005 and six. So it was right after graduation. Mm -hmm. And you were in Tokyo. You were in Tokyo. Yeah. I was in Tokyo. I was like 15 minutes outside of Shibuya. So technically, it was Kawasaki City. It was Musashi Kosugi stop oh. uh, on the Toyoko line. <laughs> You're kidding. I was there last night. I have a class. Oh, no. I, I have a class in that I teach at a company in Musashi Kosugi, their headquarters. All right. That so was my I know home. exactly. You would be amazed how different yes. that area is. I know. I went back there a few years ago. We did a live event in Japan and I walked around. It really has changed so much. All those skyscrapers, the residential mm -hmm. skyscrapers. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. getting off track here a little bit. So you were <laughs> in Japan for how long? About a year and a half. I taught for a company called Eon Corporation and I taught students of all different ages. So anywhere between age, the age of three up to 85 were my mm -hmm. students. It was great. And was that your first experience teaching English as a second language? It really was. I had taken a short summer course in TESOL up at the School for International Training in Brattleboro before I left the country. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when you go to these schools in Japan, sometimes they want to train you, right. right? You take on their method and they don't really necessarily require a ton of experience. Okay. So, and after Japan, where were you off to? Oh, my gosh. So, after Japan... 
I came back to the States, but I said, there's no way I'm going back to my hometown. So I moved to New York City. I mean, honestly, Skip, where can you move after you've lived in Tokyo? Uh, exactly. Right? <laughs> so New York was my natural best step. I'll tell you a little secret. I, I have never been to, to I have never been to New York. And but if oh, I no. left if I left Tokyo, I definitely would check out New York City. Exactly. So you were in New York City. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I taught English again. Actually taught tennis in the afternoons and English in the mornings. So it was a really nice balance. My days were balanced. I had the city life. I lived in Manhattan. I loved it. I just wanted that experience for myself. So you've got several years of teaching behind you at this point. How did you oh, yeah. come up with the idea of all ears English? Oh, my gosh. So after being in New York, there was another year of traveling in South America, backpacking. And the idea came from actually... Our whole slogan at Allers English is connection, not perfection. Right. Maybe you've heard it before. We talk about it on the show. And that idea came from me actually feeling quite disconnected, mm -hmm. um, learning Spanish, right? It came from sitting on a beach in Colombia with native Spanish speakers from Colombia, from Spain, people I was traveling with and feeling that moment of, oh my gosh, I can't connect and I don't like this feeling. And I don't want anyone anywhere in the world to feel disconnected because of language. So that's really where like the heart piece of All Ears English came from, that moment on that beach. So your philosophy or your approach to your whole program is connecting with people, not necessarily perfecting the language or the grammar or the vocabulary. Exactly. In our philosophy, nothing is more important than connection. That's the whole reason why we have language. It's not to be correct. It's not to... to, to you know, have every word, the, the biggest vocabulary. So if we, we never sacrifice being correct for connecting, we always favor connecting. Okay, so you had this beach one afternoon mm -hmm. sitting on a sunny beach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how did it go from idea to an actual uh, podcast? So that idea, the connection moment, like the lack of connection moment, the pain that I felt actually, to be honest, I think all good business ideas come from a problem that the founder has experienced deeply, right, in their right, heart. Right, So that, that wasn't necessarily the business that came up. It was more the idea, the value mm -hmm. came up for me at that moment. This is what matters to me. This is why I learn languages, and this is why I want to teach English. But for me, the idea of the business came up much later when I was in graduate school, and I was living in Boston. Okay. So... I went back. To, I moved to Boston for graduate school. I was studying cultures, actually. I was studying intercultural communication. Mm -hmm. And I was a podcast listener. This was 2012, 2013. Right. So people really didn't know what podcasts were at that time, but I did. And I was excited about them. And there was another English teacher living in Boston at the time. And I reached out to her and I said, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And she said, yeah. So that's how we got started. Fantastic. Did you have much of a tech background? Like, could you, no. so how you taught yourself all the, all the technology <laughs> that you needed to create a podcast? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there really wasn't that much technology and I don't see podcasting as a very techy thing right now. I think at that time there was one PDF guide online on mm -hmm. someone's website, which showed you how to submit your show to iTunes, how to plug in a mixer. I mean, we really didn't need that much. What we had was the passion. We had the vision of what we, how we wanted to teach and what we wanted to do differently from how English was currently at that time being taught in schools. Okay. That was the most important. Thing. And then everything else you can figure out. I don't think it's really that technical of a thing. You know, good microphone, small room. That's really what we need. 
and a good co-host. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how many people are involved in mm. AEE? How many people are involved <laughs> in on your team? Yeah. So our broad team, our large team, our support staff, our editors, our virtual assistants, we've got about nine or 10 of us wow. on the team, the broad team. Our podcasting team, our teaching team is four of us. So in terms of who is on the podcasts, plural, we have mm -hmm. three now. Three. Um, we have three shows now. Yeah. At this point, um, there are four of us that are on the three shows. And, so. and are you all in the same city or my understanding or my impression is that you're spread out across the U.S.? Totally. We've never been, except for my original co-host who left the business after a year, she and I were in the same city. We were in Boston. But after that, I went ahead and built my team and we've never been in the same city, which has worked out just fine because that means we can all be in our own lives, live where we want with our families in the cities that we love, mm -hmm. but we can also love our work together. And bring in different points of view. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. So can I ask where, where is everyone located? You are mm -hmm. in Colorado? I'm in Colorado. So I moved from Boston to Colorado a couple of years ago. So mm -hmm. I'm here, loving my life out here. <laughs> um, Michelle is in New York. Mm -hmm. and Jessica is in Portland, Oregon. And Aubrey is in Arizona. Wow. Okay. So what is that like working? You know, everyone has been working remotely over COVID and right. has a little bit of taste of it. But, you know, your, your main job is working as a team and everyone's remote. Uh, mm -hmm. are, there must be challenges with that, along with the benefits. But can you talk about some of the challenges that you have yeah. faced uh, working remotely mm -hmm. with your team? For sure. I mean, we were facing these well before the rest of the world started approaching this right. problem, right? We were for from 2013 to 2020, we were already kind of toiling with this. I guess the biggest issue is when it comes to brainstorming sessions, it would be nice to sit in one room together, mm -hmm. you know, to have a whiteboard in front of us, but we try to make it happen. You know, you can do virtual whiteboards. Google has a tool, I think, for whiteboarding. I don't think we lose too, too much. I would like to be able to have more in-person days where we do team building work together, right? So we've done a few events together over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, Michelle and I did a live event in New York City and Boston. Jessica and I went out to Japan two years in a row and did a live event in Tokyo. Um, but I would like to have more team building time to build the strength of our team. But to be honest, the trade-off then for them is that they get to be with their family. They don't have to relocate mm. for a job, right? It's amazing that they don't have to take their kids out of school and move to work with us. And that's fantastic. Uh, I, I too work with two co-hosts and we're located in different areas of the world. And the right. biggest challenge for us, to be honest, is time zones. Uh, okay. With, do you ever run into issues with scheduling things? Or is that not such an issue being somewhat in the same country? Well, it helps that we're all in the same country. So the biggest difference is between Jessica on the West Coast and Michelle on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. But they don't actually, they don't really co-host together. So that's okay. The biggest challenge is as we've been offering more live group classes lately, is that we're, we have a harder time covering the uh, Asia time zone in sure. terms of teacher availability, sure. right? Uh, we've recently added a new uh, teacher to our team. His name is Ishmael, and he is covering some of our Asia times for live group classes. So that's helpful. Is he based in Asia or is he he's, in the States is, as He's well? actually based in Indonesia. Okay. But he lived in New York City for a long time, right. and he's a, he's a fantastic teacher. The students are loving his classes, but we did realize we need to have people in that time zone. 
Wow, it's just so exciting to talk about uh, how international uh, these yeah. homegrown businesses can be become. And it's really, mm-hmm. you know, it tickles my heart to hear you talking about <laughs> working with all these people across the U.S. and having other members in Indonesia. Yes, so, absolutely. So Amy, uh, All Ears English has really grown a lot. What products do you have uh, available right now? Oh my gosh, what don't we have? <laughs> we we have a bit of shiny object syndrome here from a business perspective. We love to build things. I think I get a real kick out of ideas. I'm an idea person. Mm-hmm. And then I get my team involved and we just go for it. So we have our, so our major products. We have three podcasts at this point. The bigger show is All Ears English that does about 8 million monthly global downloads. So it's wow. a big podcast. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, we built an app, an Android and an iPhone app. So now you can actually listen to the podcast through those apps mm-hmm. as well as go deeper. We have three or four courses, online courses. We have an Alexa skill, actually. You can listen through Alexa. Right. It, uh, the list goes on. We've, we've experimented with live events as well. So we're really building out our suite of products here. Fantastic. And recently you have launched the All Ears English Business English Podcast. Can you tell you us ab- can you tell us about that? I'm sure all of my listeners would be very interested in hearing about this. Yeah, thanks for asking, Skip. I appreciate that. So this is a new podcast and I realized that a lot of our listeners do listen to All Ears English Podcast because they're global professionals. Mm-hmm. Right? They are international professionals. They travel for business. They do conference conference calls from Japan to the New York office, for example. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily use English every day, but when they do use it, let's say once a month, it absolutely matters absolutely. for their career success. Right. So similarly, so that's what I decided to do. We as a team decided to take some of our previous episodes from that were fantastic hits in business English, but they've become buried right. <laughs> in the archives. We've got 2000 episodes now and wow. highlight them, pull them out and offer a podcast that is laser focused on the international professional. We'll also be adding new episodes to that show too. You'll be on that show soon in the new year. Skip, we'll be doing that interview very soon. Um, so yeah, we're excited about being able to target the global professional. Great. And and where, uh, I'll ask this question, but I'm sure all of our listeners know, but where can, uh, where can people find the All sure. Ears English Business English Podcast? Yeah, you can find it right inside wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, wherever you like to listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon. Just go ahead and take the search bar and type in Business English from All Ears English, and it will come up along with our other two shows, and you can hit follow on that show, and we do three episodes a week on that one. Fantastic. And I will also put a link in our show notes, uh, so anybody who wants to find All Ears English, just be sure to search for it or visit the Down to Business English website, and you can find the link there. Wonderful. Lindsay, Thank you so much. I'm really happy for all the success you and your team are having, and I really appreciate you speaking with me today. 100%, Skip. Thanks for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed our chat. Do you find Down to Business English useful in your English studies? Would you like to support the show? Consider becoming a D2B member today.
Down to Business English memberships come with three great benefits. First, D2B members receive bonus content in the form of exclusive members-only episodes. Second, within moments of a new episode being released, an audio script is automatically emailed to you. There is no need for D2B members to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into their account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. And third, D2B members have 100% access to the entire library of audio scripts, all the way from Season 1, Episode 1, right up to the most recently released episode. Interested in becoming a member? Just visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page. Well, wasn't that a lovely interview? Lindsay is so full of energy. She is super passionate about what she does. There's no doubt about that. And extremely professional. It was a real pleasure to speak with her. And she is going to interview you for the All Ears English Business English podcast in the near future? Yes, sometime in the new year, I believe. I'll let everyone know when it's out. I look forward to that. So, shall we get D2V? Down to vocabulary? Yes, let's get into some of the words and expressions Lindsay and I used. First up on the D2V list is a very fun word. A fun word? Yes, a fun word. The word bubble. Bubble, as in soap bubbles? That's the word, but it can be used in many other ways. Not just talking about washing your dishes or taking a bath. That's right. Idiomatically, the noun bubble is a situation where the people in a certain group have a lot of contact with each other but very little or no contact with others. In the interview, Lindsay actually used this term twice. First, she made the comment that she wanted to break out of her hometown bubble in the Northeast and go to university in Virginia. And then she said that once she finished university, she wanted to break out of the bubble of the U.S and go overseas. He was communicating that in each location she was only connected to people in those areas and had no contact with people outside of them. Exactly. You often hear the term housing bubble or economic bubble. Mm, that's right, you do. When you use bubble with this business nuance, you are saying that the people inside the bubble are living under much different conditions than people outside of the bubble. Japan is famous for their economic bubble from 1985 to 1990. That was before my time here. But I still hear stories from my older students about what life was like then. Sky-high real estate prices and lots and lots of money being spent. Nothing at all like what was happening in other economies around the world at the time. Boy, how times have changed. What is next on our list? Next, we have the verb sacrifice. Oh yes, a very powerful word. It is. When you sacrifice something, you are giving up something important or valuable to help someone or something else. It is a very biblical word. 
The Christian New Testament is all about how Jesus Christ sacrificed his life to pay for the sins of mankind. That's why it is such a powerful word. When Lindsay was talking about her company's philosophy about learning English, connection, not perfection, she said that you should never sacrifice connecting for being correct. In other words, it is much, much, much more important to connect with people than it is to speak the language perfectly. And that is so true. We can also use sacrifice as a noun. That is true too. Have you ever made a sacrifice at work, Skip? I am always making sacrifices at work, Samantha. Just last month, I sacrificed two Saturdays by going into the office to finish projects that were behind schedule. You are such a trooper. What is our next word? Moving on, let's take a look at the expression, a taste of something. When you say that you got a taste of something, you are communicating that you experienced something. In the interview, I asked Lindsay about the challenges of working on a team where everyone lived in different cities. And I commented that during COVID, many people got a taste of working remotely. We all got a big taste of working remotely. How would you use this expression in a business context, Samantha? I immediately think of summer internship programs for university students. The whole idea of becoming an intern at a company is to get a taste of what it is like to work in that field. That's very true. Have you ever been an intern, Samantha? No, I haven't, but I think they are a great idea. I work with young people to help them get experience in the industries that they think that they would like to work in for their future careers. So you help them get a taste of an industry. It starts off as general work experience in their chosen sector and can expand into an internship or an apprenticeship depending on how hard they work and how committed they are to learn and grow within their chosen field. They are so lucky to have you. What do we have next on the D2V list? Our next and final word for D2V today is the term shiny object syndrome. Also referred to in business as SOS. A syndrome is a collection of medical problems that show or point to the person having a certain illness. Syndrome is used in the name of a wide variety of medical conditions. Down syndrome, carpal tunnel syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, just to name a few. Whereas those are all medical terms used by doctors, shiny object syndrome is a term used in business to refer to a condition many entrepreneurs have when they are always getting distracted by a new idea or by developing a new product or a feature. A new shiny toy to play with. Unfortunately, this shiny new toy becomes a distraction and takes their energy and focus away from the company's core product. So it isn't an actual medical condition? No, it isn't a medical condition. In the interview, Lindsay used the term when Skip asked her what products All Ears English had available. She replied, what don't we have? We have a bit of a shiny object syndrome because we love to build things. <laughs> yes, what she was saying, although from the tone of her voice I think she was joking a little, is that she and her team love to start new projects and just can't help themselves when it comes to building learning products for their students. I think she was joking a little too. 
The chief role of a CEO is to keep their company focused on a common vision and achieving a goal. In many ways, they are responsible for making sure the team doesn't get Johnny Optech Syndrome. Based on what All Ears English has achieved, I don't think they suffer from shiny object syndrome at all. Would you like to support Down to Business English? Help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills. Be sure to subscribe to Down to Business English on Apple Podcasts or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, why don't you leave a rating and a review? Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English. Thanks for coming in today and helping with vocabulary, Samantha. Don't mention it, Skip. I enjoyed hearing your interview with Lindsay. And it was nice to get a taste of another podcaster's experience. Oh, I know what you mean. It's easy to get stuck inside your own bubble when you produce a podcast. So it is good to hear someone on the outside talk about it. Speaking of bubbles, I've been stuck at home all weekend working on things. I need to break out of this bubble and make a trip to the grocery store before dinner. Okay, well, you've got to get going. No problem. Just before we finish up today, I'd like to remind everyone to take a moment and go to Down to Business English in Apple Podcasts and rate the show. Yes, if you like what we're doing here on D2B, give us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the easier it will be for others to find our show. We would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.